Hello and welcome to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, April 6th, 2021, and this is a new day for our program. It's our 24th episode of this podcast, Jeffrey, and we are not only live, we are taking questions on Facebook Live. So this is our new day going forward, Tuesdays, 1 p.m., and actually, Jeffrey, we have another huge change coming up in about two months, I was told we can talk about. In June, this program is going to be moving to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, where we will be doing our Tuesday podcast every 1 p.m. Actually, Chris, we may even move it up to May if the city cooperates and gives us <laughs> our, our permits early. So we're very excited about um, uh, doing our podcast live today. It's our 24th episode, and what it means to us is being able to bring uh, great members of our community uh, out to everybody. You can see us, you can listen to us. Uh, there's uh, certainly Facebook Live, which we're on now, but also YouTube and 39 other audio channels. It, it's really pretty incredible. I can't even list them all, but uh, many people have been following our podcast since November on everything ranging from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Overcast. I'm not sure what that is, but evidently a lot of people listen to it. Podbean, and like Jeffrey said, one of 39 other platforms. We have a great program today. We've got an extraordinarily well-known mediator by the name of Mr. Carl Schwait, who we're going to be talking to in just a couple of moments. We had him on our radio show a couple of months ago. Anything you want to know about mediation, how it works, why it works, and why it is so effective, this is the guy to tell us about it. Before we do that, though, Jeffrey, we've got some contests still that are alive and happening right now. We already have given away the tickets for tonight's baseball game against Stetson, but tomorrow night's game, which is Wednesday the 7th against Florida A&M, we still have two tickets and a $50 gift certificate for dinner at Miapa, did I say that right? Miapa Latin Cafe. Cafe. All right, well, I'm getting closer. And we still have those tickets available. All you need to do is to go to our website, go to www.meldenlaw.com, go to the homepage, banner right at the top. Could not be easier. Well, not only that, this week we have softball. The Gator, Lady Gator softball team rocks. They are just incredible. I've been watching them uh, in person at the games, and I even watch them on TV. I, I've gotten into them so much. And uh, we've got uh, Lady Gators back in town this week, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. it, this is uh, unusual. It's two games back-to-back. -back. It's not a doubleheader. A doubleheader is where all the fans stay in the stadium <laughs> and then they just roll into the next game. But we got a game at 5 o'clock on Wednesday, April 7th. We're giving away uh, a two-ticket package. Uh, and then at 8 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday, the Lady Gators are playing. But the big game is coming up this Saturday, <laughs> April 10th. Team Canada. Team is, Canada. They, you bet. They, they are defrosting. They're coming down to uh, uh, Gainesville to play the Lady Gators to get away from the snow. So this is the national team of Canada playing Saturday at 1.30, and we've got four tickets and a $100 gift certificate at Miapa Latin Cafe. All you have to do is go to meldenlaw.com, the homepage, the top of the homepage, you will see a red bar, and it just says, enter the contest here, and you will be in. And uh, I'll tell you, our uh, winners have been so excited 
to be able to go to these games, whether it's baseball or softball, they're incredible. And we'll talk more about this throughout the program. We also have another huge game coming up. On the 13th of April, the Gator baseball team plays FSU. And we've got six tickets total, a group of four and a group of two. Again, it's so easy. Just go to the Melden Law homepage, go to the banner at the top, apply, register for the tickets, and best of luck to you. There'll be a lot of people applying for that one. Well, it's a memorable game. I, I believe it's the first time FSU has ever played in our new uh, stadium. It so, is. So uh, it's going to be, uh, it's always huge when FSU comes here. It's always sold out. And Melden Law just so happens to uh, have the hookup so we can get you tickets. We're giving away a set of four plus a set of two for the FSU game. So uh, go to MeldenLaw.com at the top of the homepage. Uh, you'll see enter the contest and we uh, we really want to thank everybody. Uh, the response has been terrific. It has been. And again, I want to remind our viewers that you can ask us questions live on the air during this segment. Just go to Facebook Live on the Melden Law Facebook page. Click the link where you see the video going and type in a question. We'll do our best to answer it. But let's get right to our guest. Yes. Mr. Carl Schwait. Hello. Mr. Carl Schwait is a mediator. He's so many things. He has been recognized by the Florida Bar. He was a leader in the Florida Bar for many, many years, public servant, an active litigator for many, many years himself. I could go on and on about your accomplishments because they are many. But thank you so much for joining the program, Carl. I'm happy to be here. I hope I'm as exciting as uh, all, the, uh, all the giveaways that you have. Yeah. Well, so for our guests uh, listening, uh, I want to tell you, Carl and I have known each other for over 30 years. When did you move to Gainesville? 1990. Yeah. You were a South Florida guy for a while, right? I was, 14 years. I know. So uh, More than enough. So how did you decide to get out of South Florida uh, so early? I wanted to get out of South Florida. I <laughs> uh, just didn't want to live there. I didn't want to raise my kids there. I was raised in a very small town, and I saw that um, there was a job opening in some town called Gainesville, Florida. I'd never been here in my life, and my wife and I moved our kids here, and here I am. Wow. So you, you graduated from the University of Miami Law School in 1976, That's right? correct. And then what kind of law did you practice uh, in South Florida? I did both plaintiff's work and defense work for 14 years. I spent two terms as a city commissioner in the city of South Miami. Um, so I got elected on two different occasions. And I just uh, was reaching the age of 40 and decided <laughs> I didn't want uh, to live that lifestyle anymore. I wanted the lifestyle that uh, I remember as a kid a place like this and so I wanted my kids to be raised here and we moved to Gainesville and it was everything that I thought it would be. Great. Now did you start with Del Graham right away? My whole life has been uh, in Gainesville has been as an attorney at Del, Del Graham until July 2nd 2015. So you know when I moved here in 1970 well I started practicing in 1971 and uh, uh, Sam Dell um, yes. became a friend sure. of mine and we were like the odd couple because yes. you know S.T. Yes. Dell, right? Yeah, and right. Sam was like very, very, very conservative and I was this long-haired hippie and somehow <laughs> the two of us hit it off because he was really quite kind of a visionary, wasn't he? Well, he was a visionary. Um, it, people don't realize, but uh, when you see streets, drives, terraces, it's S.T. Dell. S.T. Dell. Mm -hmm. Streets, terraces, and drives in Gainesville <laughs> are all 
you know, go the same direction because of him. He's the person that they no uh, named kidding. that after. No. And, of course, his wife was Mrs. Shands. She was the daughter of Dr. Shands that they Bill named Shands. Shands after. And so uh, he was a very connected and very dedicated person, uh, very active in the community. And he, of course, started uh, the law firm of Del Graham. Yeah, and so if uh, streets and drives, <laughs> like terraces, right, terraces yeah. right, they run north and south, right? So April runs east and west, avenues, um, AP, places, roads, and lanes all run east yeah. and west. So maybe there was an April in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't want to get into his <laughs> private life or anything, you know what I mean? But, so uh, anyhow, yeah. I, I want to get to uh, the focus of what we're doing okay. because you worked your whole career um, doing uh, litigation, which means... You know, you were involved in lawsuits, right? Yes. And, and other things, but pre-lawsuits and lawsuits. And you were also very, very involved with the Florida Bar. I know you were our Board of Governors representative. Right, 12 years. For 12 years. And that must, I know you did a great job. I because, appreciate it. <laughs> and and um, I thought we were going to have to send you to the nut house when you uh, agreed to take the job of uh, uh, rewriting all of the advertising right. laws. Yes. Tell us about that experience. So that was you. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> okay. uh, one day the bar president called and said, um, I'm not going to appoint you to the committee that you want to be the chair, which I was the head of uh -huh. discipline. And I said, well, how come? She said, well, I have a special treat for you. And they asked me to oversee uh, the rewriting of all the advertising rules in the state of Florida uh, for lawyers. Uh, the Supreme <laughs> Court had given uh, us one year to do it. So I chaired that. I argued uh, on three different occasions. I went in front wow. of the Florida Supreme Court and argued in front of them and uh, led uh, sort of the changes um, to the advertising rules, which I hope people realize that the advertising rules are for protection of the public. They are not uh, for the support of lawyers. And so the <laughs> bottom line is, is that we want to make sure that the lawyers do what's correct so that the public understands sure. what is out there. And there's a lot more liberality on it. Meaning if you restrict advertising very often, you don't know the kind of lawyers you're getting. And now we have testimonials. We have people like you who are able to put people and say, I use Jeffrey Melton's law firm. Those things we didn't have before. And um, we've done, I, I believe, very well. There are people who might not like advertising, but it, we have freedom of speech and freedom of commerce sure. here. So and that's why we did that. What do you think um, are some of the best examples of lawyer advertising and some of the worst examples of lawyer advertising? So you want to talk about mediation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I'm want to so say sorry. anything against any potential clients uh, here. But uh, the bottom line is, is that our people want to restrict but we don't want to do that. I think lawyers need to know, uh, people out there need to know that everything that people advertise has to be supported. So right. that if you say you won 100 cases, then if someone challenges you, you have to prove it to the Florida Bar that you've won 100 cases. And the, the bar has to approve these advertisements. We lawyers know that, but the public may not be aware of that, that when Jeffrey runs, whether it's a bus advertisement or a, the old days, the yellow pages, whatever it may be, 
there is an approval process. Yes, the testimonials are very important. And by the way, just as to the advertising on buses, uh, I actually in uh, 1992 wrote that uh, for the city of Gainesville. Uh, I did the research and I said that it was constitutional because before that uh, there was not permission to advertise on buses and we realized that there was no, I mean the city can say they don't want it, but there is no true restriction if the advertising complies with the Florida Bar. Well, let's let's see where we're going to go now with mediation. All right. Well, okay. we're going to do something really quick. We have a question. We have a question on uh, Facebook Live. If a person is injured at work and the employer only offers a minimal amount of coverage through their own insurance, what rights does the employee have to search out their own medical consultation? Well, that's sort of a workers' comp uh, <laughs> question, but uh, so I, I'm not really at this point able to give anyone a advice. But I, I would say uh, that uh, injuries at work are absolutely overseen by the workers' comp statute. Yeah, correct. And yeah. so the employer is supposed to buy uh, work or have workers' comp, and unfortunately, sometimes for the worker, that's where they have to start. They can go to their own doctor if they want, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, to well, here, here's a situation that often happens. Somebody who is uh, employed is in their company truck, and someone else makes a bonehead move and injures mm -hmm. them. So that person is covered by workers' comp, but they're also covered by their personal injury protection insurance and uh, oftentimes by their own health insurance. And uh, we will oftentimes uh, suggest that our clients... Uh, go do everything that workers' comp uh, requires, but also have an independent evaluation by other doctors, and it can be paid for under personal injury protection. And the benefit of that is, is when you're making a claim against the third party, meaning the person who is at fault, they may have lots of insurance that has nothing to do with workers' comp, and you want to make sure that you have uh, bona fide um, uh, documentation of their injuries because workers comp doctors look at things a little differently than um, other doctors particularly people that are used to treating people in serious accidents so we've got to cut to a break that went pretty fast we are going to talk about Carl's <laughs> excellent work as a mediator we've already got a question from somebody in the audience wanting to know when should someone go to mediation we'll talk about that after the break you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law. We will be right back. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Tuesday, 
April 6, 2021. We are live on Facebook and we are taking questions. Jeffrey Meldon to my right, Carl Schwake to my left. My name is Chris Qualman. Want to remind everybody that Meldon Law is a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville. And we also have offices in South Florida covering the entire Tri-County South Florida area from Miami-Dade through Broward all the way up to Palm Beach County. And we also now in our 43rd year have an office in Marion County in Ocala, a brand new office we've been talking about. If you haven't checked it out, 1326 South Pine. I got that right, I think. You got it. It's really, <laughs> it's coming along great. Uh, we finished the inside of the office and we're uh, sprucing up the outside with some really spectacular landscape. It is, and the sign, I love it. The video that runs 24-7 at night, it's, it's really pretty amazing. So check it out, drive by, stop by, say hello. We'd love to meet you. We want to get right back into our great guest, Mr. Carl Schwate, a mediator. And Carl, we had a question just before the break from a Mr. Ganzak. He wants to know when should someone go to mediation? Why or why not? Well, one is that everyone, before you get to trial, has to go to mediation in the state of Florida. Since the mid-80s, that's mm -hmm. been one of the rules. Florida has been the leader of mediation uh, in the country. We actually started uh, some of the processes. So when you say, when should someone go, you can even go before uh, you file a lawsuit. Let's say you have a lawyer and your lawyer says, why should we spend the money? Why, if you don't file a lawsuit, you might be able to have attorney's fees lessened. Why don't we talk to, let's say, an insurance company and see if they'll go to mediation? And that's called a pre-suit mediation. And thirdly, if you're, let's say, in some sort of contract dispute or I have mediated a case right here in Gainesville where two owners of a business, a very well-known business, just couldn't decide how to proceed. They needed a third party who knew nothing about them. They hired me and we went ahead and we uh, mediated. And when you do a mediation like that, and we call it a mediation, remember it's totally confidential, no one will know anything about it, no one has to know anything about it, it's about the parties. So when should you go to mediation? I always like lawyers who go to mediation early, and that's because they save their clients money. If you go early, people aren't as stuck in what they want to do. They're more flexible with the ability to, to give and take. So I always believe the earlier the mediation, the better the mediation. Well, not only that, um, the way attorney fee structures are in personal injury cases, our fees are usually a third uh, pre-suit, and then after a lawsuit, it's 40%. Um, the fact is, lawyers like myself would much rather settle a case pre-suit uh, and have the client put more money in their mm -hmm. pocket and avoid two years of anxiety. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons uh, that we uh, want people to mediate. The question is, do you want to mediate or do you want six people with driver's licenses living, let's say, in Alachua <laughs> County making your decision? Mediation is self-determination. You and the opposition, the insurance company, or someone in a divorce, you make the ultimate decision. I don't make a mediation decision. I'm a mediator as a facilitator. I just lead the discussion. So that's why mediation is very important, because the parties make the decision as opposed to a judge or a jury. Set up for our listeners a little bit about the structure and, and how the room is and breakout and what, what normally happens. Well. Before uh, we had COVID, of course, we did our mediations in a conference room, and we all met in the main conference room. And one side gave an opening, 
discussion. One side gave the other uh, side, and they talked to the decision makers, because you have to understand we have three groups there. We have the parties, and they're the decision mm -hmm. maker. We have the lawyers, who are not decision makers, they're part of the team. And then we have the mediator. I make no decisions. I'm not a judge. I'm merely the facilitator who leads the discussion. And so we do the opening discussion and trial will be called opening statement because the lawyers will be talking to six people who don't want to be there, don't care about the case, <laughs> but they got a summons, you know, one day and they <laughs> have to up. show up and all they get is really right. free parking and free lunch while they're missing work. They're having to rearrange their lives. But uh, in reality, in mediation, we start with the discussion and everyone talks openly because remember it's confidential to the other side and then we go into breakout rooms and a breakout room is you and your client in one room you and your client in the other room and then the mediator goes room to room it's called the caucus process and then I just try to get one person off Mars one person <laughs> off Venus everyone onto Earth so we have a really good discussion. Could you say a few words about the different types of cases you, you've alluded to it but maybe not everyone realizes it's more than just injury cases. Sure. Uh, I'm what's called a civil mediator, and I'm certified by the Florida Supreme Court. And I'll do, let's say, an employment law where the employer is having a problem with, with you know, you're having a problem with your employer. Um, I do a lot of cases where people say they have a broken pipe or a problem with the insurance company over in hurricane damage, uh, uninsured motorists, personal injury, medical malpractice. But then there's a whole nother world of people who just do divorce work. And those mediations are different because those are where we're trying to work out, you know, you get the kids and I get the dog, you get the red truck and I get the something else. But that's not what personal injuries are. Personal injury is a pie. The insurance company wants to give as little money as possible. The claimant wants to give as get as much money as possible. And then I'm the person who goes room to room negotiating. So what are some of the strategies you found most effective as a mediator to get the parties together? Well, one, I want everyone to know, and I've been very honest with them, that I try to get the claimant, of course, as much money as I can, but at the same time, the insurance company would like to, if it's an insurance company or corporation, as little money. And so I'm the person in the middle who's the bridge. Why is that? Because for the person who has a personal injury, it's personal. They were injured. They have medical bills. They have per, uh, pain and suffering in the past and the future. But for the person representing the corporation and the insurance company, that's just another file on their desk, you mm -hmm. see? I call everyone by their first name, but it's very possible that who's ever handling the file doesn't even know the first name. So I'm the person who tries to mesh, you know, the person who's injured with the, with the corporation who has the money. And so that I'm the person who kind of tries to mix it together. Listen, I could think that with all due respect, one of your clients has the worst case ever, you know what I mean? Not ours. It's none of my business. <laughs> I don't have a judgment. I'm not allowed to have a judgment. I'm just there to see how much money will the claimant take and how much money would the defendant give. Well, I think that's a really good uh, perspective because sure. with mediation, a lot of times the parties come in and you say one's on Mars, one's on Venus, and you know uh, what we as attorneys uh, like about the mediation process is that 
we may know that a client's case is worth less than what they think it is, right? But it's better coming from you That's right. rather than me, right? right. I wanted and, to make that point too, or have you make the point that you certainly draw on your experience as having been a litigator. And I think it's particularly informative that you've worked on both sides of the table. You worked for insurance companies and you've been a plaintiff's attorney. So you've really seen both points of view. And, and in reality, even if I do have a judgment, I always couch it in terms of this is what the guy in the other room thinks. Because what people don't realize is that when I'm in your room, I'm speaking for the insurance company or for the corporation. But when I'm in the corporation's you know, room, I'm speaking for you and your client. And with my 44 years of experience sure. and perspective, but the most important thing is that I'm the person who's neutral. I'm on everybody's team. I want everyone to win. Why? Because it's better for people to make a decision and get settlement and get your money in 30 days or get your divorce exactly. decree finished than to wait a year or two. And with COVID, as you know, we have people who now will not go to trial to 2023. We're one million cases behind right now in the state of Florida. Yeah, that's incredible. So let me ask you this, are you having more fun now as a mediator rather than keeping track of a quarter hour at a time? I'm having so much more fun <laughs> if you really want to know. And the reason is, is because, you know, after three or four hours of mediating, you don't want to settle. Don't settle. I pack up my bag. I send my bill. You I get go, paid anyway. I go to the tennis court and I get ready for the next one as opposed to as a lawyer when I would mow the lawn, I would be worried about the Friday hearing or the Monday depot. Now, when I'm mowing lawn as a mediator, I just worry about how colorful the lawn is, you know, and I, how I green. Think being, I, are you is. really doing that? You're mowing the lawn? Yep. Yeah, of course. Don't you? Ro no, you I haven't mowed the lawn in years. No, I, we do it. <laughs> Let me say one other thing. Right now, if I could, sure. we're doing it uh, by um, a platform called Zoom. Sure. And that means everyone is in their own uh, house or their own office. We don't get together. And yesterday I mediated a case where the plaintiffs were lying in bed. Nice. No, no, maybe they were literally uh, <laughs> looking at the screen and they had their beds. Are, are they, you finding, though, as much success in the sense of case, cases are settling just at the same yes. rate, if not more, because of Zoom? Much more because of maybe how I run a mediation as, as, and also because of Zoom, it's much more relaxed. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in an office building. People okay. don't have to go and, you know, find parking, drive to Orlando, go to the court reporter's office. Everyone's at home. We put up with the barking dogs, the crying babies, but everyone is in their own environment and that allows a thought process. So there's less tension. Tension, yeah. people are reading, people are relaxing, but they're focused. So let me ask you this, yes. um, after COVID's over, do you think we're going to still be doing Zoom mediations? Right now, all my mediations through September are still all by Zoom. Not a person wants to go back to the old way because it works so well. So and you well. know, I'm reading all these articles that we are going to be having, everything is going to be Zoom. Yes. Court hearings, court calendar calls, certain things will be in person, but more and more Plus, very often, I get the right person. Now I get the corporate representative in Phoenix. I get the corporate lawyer in Seattle <laughs> rather than the hiring of some warm body. They can't body. make the excuse, that's, oh, we can't get a hold of him. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> that right now, the real people are attending mediations, well, 
everyone's there, and I find that, you know, with the looking into a camera, I have good eye contact, they have good eye contact, I think it's the way to go, and we're really getting good settlement. I think you're getting the hook, yes. Carl. No, I don't mean to. You, you've been terrific. Carl's right. being very humble. We, we've mediated with him before. You do an outstanding job. Appreciate Real quick, it. phone number, email address, somebody wants to get a hold of you to hire you for a mediation. Yes, you just go online to the UpChurch Watson Group, that's UpChurch Mediation Group, and you do everything online and you will be able to schedule a mediation. I suggest, however, to get to a mediation that you hire a lawyer. I'm not going to tell you what lawyer to hire, but if you hire a lawyer, uh, those people know exactly how to do it. You That's are watching Melden Law and Friends. We are live on Facebook today, uh, Tuesday, April 6th. We're coming up with Jay Watkins. He is the band director, the marching band director for the University of Florida. He also is the director of symphonic bands and concert bands. It'll be a great segment. We'll be right back. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. I thought I was in a truck accident because of the accident that resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home, and we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help and they will help you. The Melden Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. 
We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, covering the whole state of Florida, South Florida up through Marion County, and of course Gainesville, where we've been since the early 1970s. First of all, I want to welcome Carrie Meldon to the show. Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. Always happy to be on the show, and uh, I enjoyed the segment with Carl Schwait. I've known him for many years. Uh, I went to high school with his daughter, Shannon Schwait, okay. who was a very talented dancer. And I remember uh, Carl has always had, uh, you know, been very uh, liberal with his uh, knowledge of the legal system and always has taken me aside and given me some tips as I was uh, a young attorney back in the early 2000s. Up till today, I'll, I'll uh, give him a call sometimes and, and ask him, uh, you know, well, for, I, I like to uh, make sure I get the most information I can from the most qualified people, and Carl is one of those people. I thought he was being very humble, Jeffrey, because he is an outstanding mediator. I have to say, anyone out there looking for a down-the-line, objective, hard-as-nails mediator, he'll look both sides in the eye and say, you're wrong, you're wrong, and here's why you need to settle. I, I like, well, you, you want a mediator that'll push both sides towards the, meet, uh, the middle. Exactly. And so... Uh, and our, our next guest, um, Jay Watkins, I'm sure you have situations where you have to, um, you could use a mediator to help solve some of your uh, issues, right? Yes, sir. There are times uh, that a mediator would be really helpful. Well, for those who don't know Jay, Jay is the Associate Director of Bands, and within that title, you are the marching band director, as I understand it. Yes, sir. And you are also, you, you've done so many things. It would take an hour to read your bio. Um, you are a, Nobody a prof- wants to know that. Ah, you're a, prof- <laughs> you're a professor at the University of Florida School of Music. Um, you manage, you know, orca- uh, symphonic bands, concert bands, so many different things. I have to say, I mean, I was a student here in the 70s and 80s. The difference between the program then and the program now, it has just grown astronomically. Well, yes, and thanks. I mean, it, it's a, it's an honor to be here. So thank you all for having me here. And yes, the, the program has is, is done great things, mainly because we just have great students, you know, and you can do great things with great students, with great people. So. How did you get involved with uh, being a marching band director? And it's all? Uh, that's a that's a long story too. This is my <laughs> second career. Okay. I was actually uh, I was actually a research chemist for the Navy and for NASA. Boy, that is a change. <laughs> and uh, I got tired of being in a small room all the time, uh-huh. and uh, spend I spent all my spare time out working with high school bands or drum corps, and just realized you can't serve two masters. So I, I went. You back went with to your school. heart. Yeah. yeah, went back to school, started over again, and. And ended up uh, ended up here by the grace of God. So yeah. Now, you, but you were with other schools before doing oh, yes, sir. doing band. Now, so you don't just do the marching band; you do other things, right? Oh yes, yes. Uh, and again, I think I've got the I've got the best job in the world. Um, don't don't tell everybody I said that, but uh, <laughs> you know I, I really do. I get to do uh, I get to do symphonic band. I teach classes in conducting and marching band techniques, and for the music education students. Uh, conduct the symphonic band, uh, oversee all the athletic bands, and do the marching band. What makes a great conductor? A great conductor can uh, internalize the music and understand what the composer 
what the composer's real intent was and then be able to communicate that to the to the players to try to get that out of the players so it's uh, it's it's a lot about one knowing the music and knowing your players want to remind of them want to remind everybody that if you have a question for Jay Watkins or for Jeffrey or Carrie, whatever it may be, we are live on Facebook today. This is a new day for us. Okay. Our normal day in the past had been Friday. This is our new day, Tuesday at 1 p.m. That will be our day going forward. If you have a question for Jay Watkins about the Gator Band, about all the work they do, there might be somebody out there with maybe a parent with a student uh, who's interested in pursuing a career in music. This would be the guy to ask. So send us a question on Facebook Live. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page and just type in a question. We'll do our best to answer it. So I got a question for Jay. All right. Other than the Gators, who are the top two or three or four bands in the land? Uh, are we talking college marching bands? College marching bands. Sure, we'll start with uh, I'll say Ohio State is good. <laughs> Yay! Okay. You know why? I'm an Ohio State alumni. Well, I did not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> and I went, to, for four years, I went to all the Ohio State uh, football games, and Script Ohio, to this day, always, you know, makes my heart yes. just, you know, go All crazy. right, so here's the trivia question. Who wrote the song, Hang On Sloopy? He gets a royalty every time Ohio State band plays that song. Famous rocker. Okay. Is it Brian Wilson? No. Rick Derringer. Okay. Rick Derringer, he was in a band called the McCoys, and they wrote Hang On Sloopy, and every time that Ohio State band plays it, he gets a royalty somewhere. Well, good for him. So we That's had Ohio the only State. Song he's uh, getting a royalty for, I would guess. But, yeah. Are there Ohio State. Um, I, I was at the University of Texas uh, with oh, the Longhorn Band before, yeah. I came, uh, before I came here. So that, that's another great band. Uh, Texas A&M is another great band from that uh, that does the, the typical military marching style mm -hmm. uh, where everything is you know, six to five steps straight ahead. Uh, and then very entertaining, very big band. Too. And, and a Florida A&M has been one of the most say, entertaining bands I've ever oh, heard. A&M is, is they're, fantastic. They're There's so many great HBCU bands. It's hard mm -hmm. to pick like any one of them. The you know the Honda Battle of the Bands up in Atlanta every year. You get to see ten to twelve great HBCU bands that come out and just oh really? really? So they have like a national championship. They have marching a, bands? Just, well, it's not really a national championship. They just invite you know some bands to come and, and play in the dome. I saw that great. your band won back in 2013. Is it the Sudler Sudler Trophy awarded mm -hmm. by the John Philip Sousa Foundation? So right, explain what that award is well, all about. That award was started uh, years ago by the foundation to recognize uh, the. Uh, the most outstanding college marching band um, for basically years of, of achievement, mm -hmm. uh, musically, visually, community service, and things like that. Uh, and it's, it's awarded every other year, um, and you, you can only win it once. And, and, so and were you, where were you at that time? Were you here, here in Florida? Here. Right. When did you start? I got here? here in the fall of 2006. Oh, so, so you were here time. for the glory years. Yeah, the Urban Meyer years. Yeah. <laughs> Title Town days, right? Yeah. I, I tell you, again, I am just, I am so blessed because I was at Texas when we won the national championship and, and beat USC <laughs> in the Rose Bowl with uh -huh. Vince Young. Yes, that <laughs> oh, yeah. was fantastic. Uh, that last touchdown when he ran in at, in the corner, I was in that, standing in that corner. Wow. Um, and then came here for, you know, the years with Urban and, and those two national championships. So wow, it's been awesome. Yeah. So, so Jay, I have a question for you. How do you recruit 
high school students to come play for Great the, question. the college band? Like, I always wondered how, if it's like football, where there's like blue chip uh, prospects across the state that you look for. There are, we, we, you know, we certainly look at the students that are in the all-state band uh, each year. The biggest, I'll tell you, the biggest challenge to getting in the band, and this is for everybody that's listening, the biggest challenge to get in the band at Florida is to actually get admitted to the University of Florida, because mm -hmm. that's the hardest thing right now. Sure. Um, and so we have we have kind of switched our model from trying to recruit the, uh, the, the best high school kids to come to Florida to looking at, okay, we, we've got 6,000 great freshmen. Mm -hmm. How many of them played in their high school band? Let's recruit those students. We have a question from All Michael right. Barr. The question is, is there any thought of a guest singer with the band for the national anthem at the football games? Yes, and the reason why we can't do that is the based on the sound system in the stadium, there's a delay of about 1.3 seconds. Ooh. So by the time you say something, it takes 1.3 seconds for it to come out of the speakers in the stadium. By that time, we've already moved on, <laughs> so that you get this huge disconnect, and it just tears apart musically. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did it. Um, we did it at one of the uh, Florida Georgia games uh, with a singer, um, but we used a different sound system up there, obviously, and made it work. But it's uh, it's just really too spread apart inside of that. Stadium. So that's unique, though, to the marching band because we've had concerts in the stadium. Right. Now, yeah. If you're playing with a band, you know, uh, we just had who did we just have the the country? Uh, Garth, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Right. Yes. We just had Garth Brooks, and we, we were at that concert. Um, but when everybody in the band is mic'd the same way, and it's all coming through the same sound system, you don't have that time delay. But when the band is playing live and then the singer is mic'd, you get this big split. Um, so it just doesn't, just doesn't work. So maybe for the benefit of our viewers and listeners, and us as well, talk about the preparation that goes into putting together a performance for the football season. I, I had a son who played in a high school marching band, mm -hmm. and I know how hard he worked in that, and I'm sure on a college level it's just it must be massive, the hours, the preparation, it's, and so forth. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time and work. And what, what we do um, that I, I think a lot of people don't realize is we're one of the few schools that still does a different show every home game. So, And those shows are picked by a student committee um, that, that comes up with ideas. We have the, mm -hmm. we have the no bad idea uh, days, and so we throw all the ideas on the board, and then we figure out which ones are going to work for... Um, you know, for copyrights and things like that. Um, you, you have somebody that helps facilitate getting the uh, permission. The rights oh, and so yes. forth, yeah. Oh, yes. So we have when to you do, do all of that. So when you do a song, you know, a Beatles song, say, you know, you have to go to ASCAP or BMI or whoever's handling right, their right, stuff and right. get... And the school, you know, has an ASCAP and a BMI blanket license, right. but mm -hmm. we still, if you, if you arrange anything, it has to be done you know, the right way with all I the I loved it when you guys played Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, heard that, and I thought, wow, yeah. what a great classic rock yeah, song. Yeah, it's a great song, and a, the, the, the cowbell players love it. Um, <laughs> that's right. But so that's what we do. We put together, we put together the shows, uh, get the music arranged. Um, I write the, the drill that, that you mm -hmm. see, and then we, we, um, we teach everything uh, through online platforms now. We went completely paperless years ago, so um, I, I write everything. We push it out to their cell phones. They get everything they need on their cell phones. Before COVID, you were doing this, it sounds like. Oh, yes. 
Wow. So when you say write the drill, what does that mean? That means uh, basically designing the pictures that you see on the field, um, putting the right everybody in their spot, uh, mm -hmm. and then figuring out how they get from place to place and how many counts to do that, mm -hmm. uh, and then creating an animation of it, uh, and then digitizing it and, and sending it out mm -hmm. to them with a, like an XY coordinate sheet mm -hmm. so they know exactly where they're supposed to go stand. Wow. Uh, and then we do we do a Monday night music rehearsal, and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday we have uh, two hour rehearsals on the practice field, and then it's go time. Wow, we've got to cut to a break. Um, this is a fascinating segment. We'll be back for another final segment uh, with Jay talking about the Gator Marching Band, and maybe get into some more stories about some things that have happened on the road or at okay. home and, and whatnot. Again, you are watching Meldon Law and Friends. Meldon Law is a firm, a statewide firm, specializing in personal injury cases, everything from big truck crashes to motor vehicle collisions to cases involving pedestrians, people on bicycles, even on motor scooters. We also have a criminal defense division handling cases that include DUI. Whatever your question may be, though, no matter what type of case it is, these guys have been doing this a long time. Give us a call anytime, toll-free, 1-800. 373-8000. This is episode 24. We are live on Facebook, so if you've got any questions for Jeffrey, Carrie, or Jay, type them up and we'll do our best to get to them. We'll be right back. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. This is our fourth and final segment on Tuesday, April 6th, 2021. Our guest is Jay Watkins. Associate Director of the uh, Gator Bands and actually the Director of the Gator Marching Band. And Jeffrey, we've got a lot of exciting things that are going on. We are, of course, the only official law firm sponsor of the Florida Gators. And to that end, we've got tickets. We're the only source, really, where you can get to for tickets for these games that are sold out. Uh, tonight's um, game against Stetson, those tickets have already been given away. Tomorrow night's game against Florida A&M. We've got lots of softball games. People just need to go to our webpage and go to the homepage, look at the top. Yeah, and uh, go to meldenlaw.com, but there's some huge games. Lady Gator softball team coming in uh, Saturday, uh, uh, playing the uh, Canadian national team is huge. FSU coming in next Tuesday uh, is, is a, a tremendous uh, opportunity. And we're really excited that uh, everybody's participating in it. It's really fun. Carrie, um, we just had the Gator Pro Day a few days ago here at the University of Florida. Some of the Gators who had declared for the draft, like uh, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, uh, Marco Wilson, turns out they had a pretty amazing day. 
Yes. So the pro day for those of uh, those out, audience out there that may not know what a pro day is, it's where the NFL eligible Florida Gator players can come back to the Florida Gator facility, football facility, and they do a litany of different testing to determine what their draft status may be uh, in the uh, draft that occurs, I believe, in April, right? Or is it May? May or, the NFL draft, I think, either occurs in April or May. But regardless, April. Uh, what they do is they have the players do bench pressing and high jumping and broad jumping and shuttle runs and, and uh, sprints. And they're trying to determine the athleticism of, of the UF players and how it relates to their status within uh, the NFL. And apparently, uh, this most recent pro day was, uh, was a really, really good result for the UF players. And uh, they scored high on the, the strength tests and on the speed tests. So, Kyle Pitts in particular, Jeffrey, I think he uh, ran the fastest for a tight end. And his, what, what are they talking about where he's going to be drafted? He'll be uh, the first non-quarterback drafted uh, on wow. April 29th. And Marco Wilson did great. Uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, our wide receiver, did great. So uh, a lot of uh, Gators are going to really be uh, right up there in uh, the first and second round. Um, of course, we've got gymnastics, and they're moving on. Yeah, they uh, they're going to be right. uh, in the finals in Dallas uh, next weekend, and uh, th that's exciting. And Gator vo uh, Volleyball uh, gets a bye, but then they're going to be uh, in the next uh, round as far as uh, the volleyball tournament. So things are happening really quickly around uh, you know Gator Nation. It's really incredible, the, the quality of athletes. Kerry? Oh, yeah. Well, tennis, too. Is, yeah. is tennis is in, incredible. Yeah. yeah, this year they've actually, uh, the men's tennis team is the best it's been since I can remember. Yeah. The women's tennis team has a great tradition here at the University of Florida, but the men's tennis team is really performing highly. Yes. Jay, I want to ask you a question sure. a little bit about uh, the song selections and, and all of the, the, the oversight uh, that the Florida band has, and specifically you as the director of the University of Florida Fighting Band. Um, it, you know, one of the things that you talked about was that you do a different show every single game. I remember, you know, going to a few games and you have movie-based uh, themes and really cool different, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I guess you would call ensemble-type, uh, you know, songs that you put together. Or, right. Uh, and, uh, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, what you're looking at in terms of picking, you know, a, a, a motto to, to have for a certain game. I mean, what, what are the thoughts that go into that? Well, like I said uh, a little while ago, I mentioned that we have a creative team of students that puts together things that they think mm -hmm. the, the, the fans would like. And that's one of the big differences between, say, high school band and college band is that college band exists to entertain. Uh, support the team and, and entertain the crowd. So we're looking at things that are relatable, uh, things that the majority of the crowd is going to understand. Um, we have to obviously be mindful of lyrics um, <laughs> because every now and then, you know, um, and I have to rely on the college students to keep mm -hmm. me up to speed. Uh, and, and my son, who's also a student here, to yeah. kind of make sure I'm not going down the wrong path that way. We have a couple of questions, and one sure. of them, both of them are great questions. One of them I was thinking about. So when you're at a, you know, you're doing a football game, obviously the competition between the teams is, is very fierce. But what about the camaraderie or competition between the bands? Is there a, do you guys have a, 
you know, are you friends or are you enemies oh, or what? <laughs> you know, we how, joke, how does that work? I, we joke about this all the time, but like when we go to Florida State, those are some of my my best friends of the band directors up there. I've known them since we were all in college. And uh, so it, for us, it's a it's a kind of a reunion. For everybody else, they're like, wait, how can they be together? How can they, they can't be nice to each other. But uh, so there, there is a, a work, a, there's a working relationship. Oh, there's a great working relationship. Okay. It's a small group. You know, there's only really 127 Division One college marching band directors. So we all know each other really well. Um, but I remember, though, that LSU game a couple of years well, ago here in the yeah. swamp. I think it was uh, the third quarter. You were starting to play Won't Back Down, and all of a sudden the LSU band is LSU trying just, to drown them out. Right. Uh, there are some times when the <laughs> competitive juices get flowing and people do not smart things. I see. So um, that does happen. That does happen. And for and the most part, it's it's a fraternity, so to speak. Oh, it is. I mean, it, we, yeah. we everybody respects all the work that everybody else does. The students get along great with each other because, you know, a lot of the, uh, the students at our schools went to school together, went to high school together. Mm -hmm. You know, they just weren't fortunate enough to get into Florida. So, you know, they ended up at another school. <laughs> another question but, uh, is, what is the most needed position for the band each year when you're putting together the marching band? Is there something like, oh, my gosh, we really need I, this? For me personally, I can never have have enough low brass because I think that's that's really the you know that's what creates the depth of sound mm -hmm. um, so tubas trombones, trombones. baritones <laughs> you know uh, a big low brass sound to me is great um, but you know we can we can never have enough brass players because again they they tend to generally just produce a lot more sound obviously the last year was was a unique year to say the least you, you couldn't the travel last because months have been very unique yes. what about this coming year <laughs> do you have any thoughts about what's going to happen travel wise in 2021 uh, we haven't had any uh, discussions with athletics we're waiting right now to hear from the SEC medical committee because uh, they'll determine whether or not the bands will travel um, but uh, I, I personally don't foresee us doing much travel this year. I think it's probably going to take another year before we get back to to the level of travel that we were used to, you know, pre-COVID, um, because that's a lot of time for us. That's 56 people on a bus sitting shoulder to shoulder, four people in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. So it, it's that's a little that's a little too close, I think, for everybody's general comfort level right this minute. Now, as we move into the fall, I think. Maybe, you know, once everybody's vaccinated, I, th I think things are going to loosen up. But I think for the start, we're not looking to travel right away. Um, but I do think we're going to be back to, to some sense of normalcy by the, by the middle of the season, I hope. Do you have any uh, input as to the, um, the audio uh, profiles of the stadium, for example, what, where the band needs to be sitting in order to get the most uh, sound? Uh, dispersed throughout the stadium. Do I have how does input? that? Yeah, how no. does that work? I'm trying to figure <laughs> no, out like like <laughs> if I had input, we would be sitting right in the middle of the visitor section on the 50 yard line, playing uh -huh. as loud as we could behind the visitors bench. <laughs> All right, but like the that. SEC doesn't allow us to do ah, that. The so SEC you says you have to be outside of the 35s. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. So somewhere on that side, playing so that so that uh, the visitors hear what we're doing would be great, uh, and also so that the home crowd hears what we're playing right near the student section is obviously. yeah I think the student section is key too because that's one of the great things about the tradition of the band at Florida is the band really leads all of those cheers in the mm -hmm. stadium you know when whenever we crank something up the the, the 
fans usually follow along with you that. You know, one thing I always love is that one game a year when you have the homecoming where you have all the old pe older people oh, come yeah, back the and band. the alumni band and they get out there and they march and they do everything right. just as if they were 40 years earlier. Yeah, and they, you know, they live for that and we love having them back uh, with us. It's a great way to connect. Uh, we, our, our Gator Band Alumni Association is awesome. Let me, let me ask you this, and I, I posed sure. this question to some of the coaches we had. What would you say to a young person watching, or the parents of somebody who wants to get into music, they're thinking about choosing an instrument, or they, they have a passion for trombone, whatever, what would you say to a young person wanting to do what uh, your students do and march in the band? Pick an instrument and start playing. Okay. Doesn't matter which one, just pick an instrument and start playing. You know, their middle school band director will help figure out what's the best embouchure, Okay. Uh, and, and instrument combination where they'll be able to get the best sound, but just start playing. Um, because one of the great things too about the band at Florida is we have students from over a hundred different majors in the program. The majority of the band are engineering students followed by business students, um, science majors, hmm. you know, music majors are one of the fewest percentages of people in the no marching kidding. band. So wow. I, so I was I was going to ask that you don't have to be a music major oh, no. to be in the marching band. Oh no. No, wow. you don't have to be a music major to be in any ensemble at the University of Florida. Anybody who wants to play in any of the bands can audition and be be part of the band program. And, and how do they find out? Just go on the website, go to the website for the music department? Yeah, the or or the band website ufbands.com um, has all the information about how to audition when we do auditions. It it's open to anybody. How many uh, members are there of the UF band? Uh, in the Gator band, we have 365. Wow. Um, so everybody gets one day of the year. So, you know, uh, <laughs> My day today. Yeah, not UF. your day. That's, so. <laughs> that's a huge band, though, yeah, right? It's a, yes. I it mean, are, are there any bands that are uh, larger? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, Alabama's larger. Florida State's larger. Texas is larger. Ohio yeah. State is bumping up to that number. But I um, thought Ohio State had a, a real small type. Yeah, type there's a very thing. small group that does pregame. Okay. But then there's a larger band. So how many there. are in Script, Ohio? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I want to say it's two, 236. It's Something some smaller like number. Right, like that. Right. And a lot of the Big Ten schools do that. They have a set number, a small set number of people that will do pregame. And then they'll let a larger group do halftime. We, I saw Purdue. Uh, they played in the uh, Citrus Bowl in Orlando a couple of years ago, and they have that giant right. Boilermaker drum. I remember that that guy's hitting as they go down. Right. So the the tradition in some of these bands is oh, just yeah. incredible. Oh yeah, and the tradition. You know, there was a tradition that everybody tried to have the biggest drum. Right. You know? Right. 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 Uh, we have Big Boom, which was the biggest boom in Dixie. You know, when Colonel Bachman brought it here uh, from Chicago. Uh, Texas has Big Bertha. You know, uh -huh. everybody tries to have their own version of the so big drum, and then they get the name, into all this. Yeah, that—that's the big drum that the alumni roll out. Yes, it's called Big Boom. Big Boom. Right. Oh. Where is that kept? Is it kept on on campus or? Yes. Does, okay. It stays on campus. There's cool. a there's so, a room where it where it stays. We've only got about a minute and a half left. Are there any shows coming up? Anything you're doing online? Anything that the public can jump in on? Well, I'll tell you, we're we are this weekend, this Sunday at two o'clock. We're doing uh, the the concert bands, Wind Symphony and Symphonic Band, are going to okay. do an outdoor concert in the park, at the band shell at Flavette Field. Um, everybody has to register, and we're doing everything under all of the, the COVID protocols. But if you go to the UF Band's website, uh, you can register and come to that concert. It's free. We're just trying to do something to get people mm -hmm. back to some sense of normalcy. 
Um, so the players have been, you know, practicing in a room 10 feet apart from each other with masks on and mm -hmm. bell covers and the whole bit. So we're uh, we're trying to do something for the for the community. Okay, so this Sunday, this it, Sunday at, at the band shell and at 2 p.m. You need to register. That sounds wonderful. So yeah, we're 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 trying to trying to get things back to normal. Well, Jay, I want to thank you so much. You know, I Definitely. sit. Um, on the 50-yard line, six rows behind the Gator bench for football games. And I love when the Gator band gets rocking. I oh, mean, yeah. you guys do such a good job. Well, and, and I feel like you're playing for me. Just for you. He, he, <laughs> lo he loves when you play Hey Baby. Is that the name for you? Actually, our whole crew sings, sings together yeah. with and you. That's what, and, you know, and, and, that, that's the goal. Is and to, and to it makes it a great part. All right, guys. I'm getting that little right. nudge from our producer. Again, uh, you've been watching Melden Law and Friends, episode 24. Thank you to everybody who uh, typed in questions. That's our new normal. Every Tuesday, spread the word, 1 p.m. going forward, live on Facebook Live. Go on the Meldon Law Facebook page. You can uh, type in questions, or if you can't watch it then, you can catch it uh, on a replay on our Facebook page or on YouTube. Anything you guys want to say in closing? Yeah, we just want to thank everybody to, uh, who listened and watched our inaugural edition of <laughs> Meldon Law and Friends okay. live on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock. So uh, tell your friends about it, and uh, we uh, want to see you next week. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching and listening.